Hey, family. Yes, I am popping in with a bonus episode after finishing season three last week. And let me just say thank you. Thank you for those that have been podcast listeners from day one. You're G, or as I like to say, you an OG, your original gangster. And I'm so incredibly grateful for you. I just wanted to pop in and say thanks for the loves and thanks for the listens. Not only to formally pop in and thank you, but I've been working on this resource and I am ready to give it out. And one of the things that I wanted to do first and foremost is give it to the podcast audience first. I'll get into the resource in a second, but a little backstory is I wouldn't necessarily classify myself as a leader. And yes, I'm putting air quotes around that word, even though you can't see me. I wouldn't classify myself as a leader per se, but I've always found myself leading. And it's not until probably the last two, three, four years of my life that I've actually stepped into, whoa, this is straight up leadership. Now, what I wish that I would have had in my 20s, I would have had when I first started in leadership, I wish I would have had was kind of like a rubric, a matrix, a barometer, a grid of what leadership looks like. Better yet, what leadership entails. And so I've been super passionate on this journey. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I had an amazing opportunity to speak at this conference called the Global Leadership Summit. So I crafted content that I thought would be a resource for those that are leading, whether they're young or old, male or female. And I think it started just from a felt need. I wanted to create this resource because I felt like as a leader, I was battling with the voices that I heard in my head. No, not from a sense of a, a medical diagnosis or mental unhealth, but the voices that I had heard from the outside world or worse, the voices that I heard from myself. Now, I am fine with noise. I'm very used to noise. I come from a loud and large Mexican family of seven in Los Angeles, which was, I need to add, very foreign to my level-headed Midwest husband of German descent, who would ask all the time after coming to our family dinners, why are you guys all yelling? And of course, we'd respond with yelling. <laughs> this is how we talk. So I've grown accustomed to noise from the outside and inside of our home. But as an adult, I've realized that I can ignore the outside noise and even the inside noise. But the voice I find difficult to ignore is that of the voice inside myself. As in, the words that we speak to ourselves are the words we believe about ourselves. That noise is almost louder than anything on the outside. If you don't know that voice, that voice is your inner saboteur. The inner saboteur is the voice that says, who are you to do this? Or, do I even belong here? Yeah, that voice. The voice that haunts me when I get up to preach a message, give a talk, or stand before anyone to say anything. In candor and disclosure, no matter how much I have amassed or accomplished or achieved, I still struggle to find myself worthy, able, or qualified to lead. I'm asking for a moment of honesty, my podcast listener. Have you been there? Have you felt like what you are called to or what you're asked to do or what you're invited to be part of feels so outside of your comfort zone? Join the crowd. The term that's going around right now in many circles is imposter syndrome. According to the Harvard Business Review, imposter syndrome is simply feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success, a sense of intellectual fraudulence. In short, your inner critic will tell you that you are an unqualified imposter. Now, for some listening right now, you're not going to resonate with that feeling. And I don't want to over grossly simplify, uh, but there are probably two types of people groups in the world, specifically when it comes to leadership. Number one, those are the people that are hardwired for battle. They eat leadership for breakfast and it's nothing to stop them. Like leadership is so easy. I got this. I was made for this. I was born for this. And I'm going to say 
that those people are supernaturally gifted to lead. But maybe you fall into another category, another group, where maybe your inadequacies and insecurities make you feel reluctant to lead. The truth is, is that we all feel inadequate or feel like an imposter at some time. I know with the amount of people that listen to the podcast, maybe some might be asking this question, how do I lead when I don't feel like I'm enough? How do I lead when I'm so unqualified? Well, let's set the groundwork for our short time together. If you're listening to this podcast, let's function on the assumption that you're leading in some capacity, whether you are leading one, 100, or 1,000. If you're leading in some capacity and you didn't beg, borrow, cheat, or steal to get that position, let's function under the assumption that you were chosen to lead. And not only were you chosen to lead, you were chosen to lead for a reason. I wrestled long and hard with this concept of being chosen. Perhaps it was because I never felt chosen and I looked at it longingly like someone who was so close and yet so far. I was raised in the concrete jungles of East Los Angeles. I was illiterate at the age of 12, morbidly obese, and I weighed more than my father, who, side note, was the only one working for our very large family of seven. No one would have looked at me and thought, wow, that girl, yeah, she's going to be chosen to lead. And yet, no matter where I went, whether sports fields, whether academia, whether office cubicles or boardrooms, I found myself in position of leadership. I didn't campaign for these roles. I didn't maneuver myself to make these money moves out here. And in some cases, I didn't even apply for these roles. And yet I found myself with influence and responsibility, even when I was reluctant to lead. I've been to enough leadership conferences and read leadership books and listened to leadership podcasts to know the debate. Are leaders bred or are leaders born? Is leadership nature or is leadership nurture? But the conversation I want us to have today is neither of those. It's not about whether or not you were born or bred. It's whether or not you will accept the invitation and lead. Because there are those who are looking for leadership. And then there are those of us where leadership comes looking for you. There's gaps and vacuums and holes that you find yourself stepping into almost sometimes against your desire or even your will. But let me remind you, you are chosen to lead. And that's what I want us to discuss today. So though the concept of chosen doesn't feel like a natural fit for me, I've always been intrigued by it. As a kid, I learned in church about God's chosen children, the children of Israel, the Jews. So as a child, I began to pray big, bold prayers. Please, God, please, God, make me a Jew. Then I'll be chosen. Now, I know that sounds like a silly request, but thanks to Ancestry.com, you guys, I found out that I'm 1% Jew. I've told many people this before. I am Jew-ish, okay? So for weeks after I found out that my childhood prayer was answered, I told everyone who cared in my broken Yiddish Bronx accent, Hoi vey, I'm chosen, I'm chosen, I'm the chosen one. Now, let me tell you something. Straight up, there is a mental mind shift that occurs when you step into the understanding of being chosen for something. And since I'm Jewish, let me tell you about a distant relative of mine who was chosen to lead, even though he felt unqualified. I like to refer to him as my great, 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 great uncle by the name of Gideon. Now, you might not know him or his story. So let me give you some context out of Judges chapter six. Gideon came from a tribe that was not known for anything particular or even awesome. In his words, he says that he comes from the least of all the tribes of Israel. And if that wasn't enough, his family is the least of the least tribe of Israel. And if that wasn't enough, Gideon says that he is the least of his family, which is the least of the tribe, which is least of all the tribes. Okay, Gideon, I get it. The first time I had the opportunity to go into prison to resource and teaching incarcerated, I felt much like Gideon. Hoy vey, I'm chosen, but I'm not qualified. 
And let me tell you something that was absolutely the truth. Sometimes the invitation to leadership calls you at the most inconvenient time. Okay, during this time, I had just taken a job in a global anti-human trafficking organization. I had just gotten married and moved to a new city, and I had just become a stepmom to two young children. I was reluctant to lead, not because I didn't want to go. I was reluctant because I was unqualified, and the timing was so inconvenient. The Los Angeles-based prison chaplain, I'll never forget, she was so brutally honest and let me know right from the beginning that she asked so many other people before me, but they all said no. So I'm laughing because I wasn't even their first choice, but I wasn't even offended that I wasn't their first choice. Like Gideon, I didn't campaign for an invitation. I didn't ask for this role. I didn't even apply for this role. It was an inconvenient time at an unexpected place while my life was sort of in a crisis with all the voices in my head saying, what are you doing? To which I replied back to my inner saboteur, I don't know what I'm doing. But my whole life has been pockmarked with finding myself feeling like the least of my tribe, feeling so ill-equipped and so underqualified to lead. But in that moment, I had to choose to lead. From a business perspective, I, I couldn't see the outcome. I couldn't quantify the ROI. I couldn't calculate the investment. But here's what I do know about my yes. Lives were changed and a seed was planted that would launch a nonprofit organization that would change thousands of lives. What is that? In the name of love. So the question I'm asking you as you're listening is, what are you missing out on? Or what are you missing out on impacting by not stepping into leadership? If you don't choose to lead, you will miss out on the opportunity to change many lives. When leadership chooses you, you choose to lead. If you're the note-taking type, there are a few things about leadership that we can learn from Gideon's story. So for those that feel hesitant or feel reluctant to lead, grab a notebook and a pen. I want you to jot this down. Gideon was chosen to lead even though he felt unqualified. Hey friends, I'm interrupting the podcast with a quick update. So many times people ask me like, hey, how do I start to read the Bible? Or what Bible translations do you like? Or what's a fun way that I can stay up with my daily devotions? If you've ever asked those questions, let me tell you about a new app called Dwell. Their mission was inspired by the psalmist who tells us in Psalm 119 to hide the word of God in our hearts. Dwell has built the most beautiful listening and reading experiences for scriptures. They have over a dozen recordings of the Bible, and they've handpicked voices that will engage and inspire you as you read along. And they have the best versions of the Bible. Whatever your flavor is, whether it's ESV, NIV, you want to kick it old school with KJV, NLT, or The Message, I believe one of the coolest things about Dwell is their read-along experience. If you've ever seen Apple Music's lyrics feature, then that's exactly what you can expect from read-along at Dwell. Gorgeous backgrounds, big bold text that scrolls as the narrative reads to you, and so much more. I'm telling you, if you're looking for a Bible app plan, this might be the one for you. You're going to love it. Go to dwellapp.io backslash we're going there. I'll say it again, dwellapp.io backslash we're going there to get 10% off your yearly subscription or 33% off Dwell for life. If there is someone wrestling through the feeling of unqualified to lead, it's Uncle Gideon. I mean, Uncle Gideon gets it. During his lifetime, much like ours, there was a gap in leadership. His country was going through a national crisis and, and needed people to stand up and lead. Friends, does that sound familiar? Because how many of us has been asked to step up during a devastating global pandemic and global economic instability? How many of us are invited to step into new roles in church and ministry or to take that new job position that requires a little bit more task or skill, but also includes money or to step up and enlarge your friend circle? Hmm. 
this story of Gideon has made me really pause and do inventory of my own life. Because as you read Judges 6, we find this interesting place that Gideon was in. Do you know, Bible scholars and those that went to vacation Bible school, where was Uncle Gideon hiding during this time? He was hiding during a time of crisis. Sometimes our best leaders are hiding in the background. And maybe that's you. Maybe it was an incident, an invitation, or an inconvenience that caused you to lead. But God chose you to lead even though you might not feel qualified. Gideon was chosen to lead though he felt unqualified and in the midst of a crisis. And guess what? We have the same capability to choose to lead during crisis. We first meet Uncle Gideon hiding during a time of crisis. And where was he hiding? He was hiding in a wine press while threshing wheat. Now, my husband is a level three sommelier. Uh, that's a, basically a wine expert. And I know firsthand that you do not thresh wheat in a wine press. And yet, what do we see him doing? Threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, I know that all of us come from agrarian backgrounds or are familiar with agriculture. So a threshing floor is usually on a hill. So a cross breeze can catch the shaft of the wheat and it can easily blow away and only leave the whole grain head left. Well, the wine press wasn't convenient. Why? There was no cross breeze. There was no hill. There was no help. His calling came in a place of inconvenience. Somebody better write that down because this is good, okay? So not only was Gideon chosen to lead during a time of crisis, Gideon was chosen to lead in an inconvenient place. And if you're here today and you're listening and you've been chosen to lead during what feels like a crisis, organizational instability, lack, or even attack, let me remind you of this simple truth that I've learned over the years. The crisis may cause you to fear, but you don't have permission to quit. Your crisis does not dictate your capability, competency, or commitment. You could be afraid, but you cannot quit. What do you do when leadership chooses you? You get to choose to lead. So Gideon chooses to lead while feeling unqualified, and he's chosen to lead during a crisis. Now Gideon was chosen to lead from a place of inconvenience. It wasn't until a few years ago that I was able to go into jails and prisons with greater strategy, regularity, and clarity. In fact, the second campus for the Father's House, Orange County, it was launched in a local prison in Southern California. But still, I had in my heart to host conferences and resource the incarcerated so that they would dream of a life outside of prison and hopefully have tools to succeed once released and help lower recidivism rates. Most of my work was with women, but the program director, Captain Ryan Browse, and he called me with his Texas accent and he said, Bianca, we've seen such a positive review and positive impact with female inmates. And we would just love if you were to host a conference for the men, too. Well, without even thinking twice, I said, absolutely. And when I hopped on the phone, I heard the same voice that haunted me since childhood. What do you think you're doing? Who are you? To which I respond, I don't know what I'm doing. And yet in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of reluctancy, in the midst of hesitancy, I was reminded of Uncle Gideon. He felt the same thing during his time. But he had a divine encounter and his identity was spoken over him. See, his name is Gideon, but that's not how he was referred to in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. In fact, this is what it says. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The title given to Gideon was mighty warrior. And even when we don't feel like it, I believe we too could step into the role of mighty warrior. And when we realize our identity, we move into action. Yes, when we realize our identity, it moves us into action. After the phone call with Captain Browse, I immediately called my dad, who's a local church pastor in East Los Angeles, California, and asked if he would join me. In his thick Mexican accent, he said, yeah, man, of course I'll go with you and speak to the men. 
well, en route to Texas while 30,000 feet in the air. I thank my father for taking time off and helping me pour into both the men and the women of prison. And he said, his eyes closed, head leaning back nostalgically on his chair. I can't believe I'm going back to jail, man. Er, hold up. Wait a minute. Um, wait, dad, what do you mean back to jail? And he responded, yeah, man, I've been to jail twice. Friends, I was floored. My dad had never told me he'd been to jail. And here we are on our way to jail. And this is when he decides to break the news. My father would also like me to include in the telling of this story that his convictions were for minor infractions and just for short stints, all prior to meeting Jesus. You're welcome, Dad. I know you listen to the podcast. I have your back. So let's head back to the Texas conference. My father opened up the men's conference with powerfully sharing his story to the inmates who were listening on bated breath. He was an immigrant to this country, being raised by a single mom who left his abusive father. Poorly educated in Los Angeles due to language barriers, he turned to drugs and alcohol during his military training for the United States Marine Corps. But his life was radically changed when he encountered Jesus and became the man and the leader he was destined to be. I was able to share after my father, and I asked the men to close their eyes and think of their children and their children's children. Then I asked them to open their eyes and look at me. Friends, I tell you, the same thing that I told those inmates. I want you to look at me and see the potential of your children. Because when my dad was in jail, I wasn't even born. But he decided to step up as a mighty warrior and fight for people he didn't even know existed yet. Because of the decision my father made to change his lives, it did not just affect my life, but the lives of the thousands who have attended my father's church and have been transformed through the power of God's word. Never in a million years would I think that a daughter of an immigrant would stand before tens, hundreds, thousands of people and remind them of who they are to preach the word of God, to speak unabashedly about a man named Jesus and to go into the incarcerated to resource inmates, both male and female. But I whispered to them the truth that I'm speaking to you. You are a chosen leader. So choose to lead. When leadership chooses you, you choose to lead when redemption is on the line. That's what got me up to speak in front of those inmates because redemption was hanging in the gallows. It was waiting to be achieved. We as leaders cannot waste time and wonder why, but we must remind ourselves that we are mighty warriors instead of wondering warriors. Oh, what am I supposed to do? I don't know if this is for me. Step up because you are a mighty warrior. I'm so passionate about encouraging leaders to persevere when they want to quit. But this is the gift that I want to give to all the podcast listeners. Before this goes on social media or anywhere else, I put together a 15-day guide for the reluctant leader. And I want to shout out graphic design artist Meg, who was on the podcast last week. She has been on team for two years. And I casted this big vision to her. I said, Meg, I have this idea. I want to do like a free resource. I want to do a free Bible study. And without even thinking about it, she said yes. So shout out to Meg for designing something so beautiful. And we got to do everything in-house. So it is free, not in nine, and it is yours. In this free PDF, this basically like a devotional guide on stepping up to be the leader that God has intended you to be, I take three amazing leaders and I unpack their story each week. And a daily prompt will help us chronicle how to lead when we'd rather quit or hide. So friends, the link will be in the show note, but I'm going to list it here as well. It is BiancaOltoff.com backslash leadership. All lowercase. Let me give it one more time. That's BiancaOltoff.com backslash leadership. And it will be yours for free. 
Because the truth of the matter is, is that we're all going to have moments where it feels like the odds are stacked against us and we'll be forced to decide. For the naturally gifted leader, this is your opportunity not to call out and shame people for not stepping up, but to call up. Call up those mighty warriors and invite them to lead. And to the reluctant leader, we say, leadership has chosen me. Now I have to choose to lead. If that's at the point that you're at right now, let me end with some words I gave an amazing young leader who's on my team after a difficult event we hosted in a jail two years ago. We sat in an airport restaurant and I'll never forget what she ate because till this day, I could see the droplets of tears that fell and left craters in her butternut squash soup. See, we planned our third conference for inmates in jail and I asked her to close out the conference and end strong. She was the closer and I believed in her and I knew she was going to kill it. But during the beginning moments of her talk, an inmate fell to the floor from the back of the room and began seizing on the floor. The correctional officers were afraid of a riot or an inmate insurgent, so immediately they began yelling at everyone, get up, line up, everyone face the wall. While she is teaching, everyone scatters to face the wall and take a seat. She pauses as the paramedics are rushing in and a correctional officer motions to her while they're putting this body going into anaphylactic shock on a stretcher. He motions to her kind of like, okay, carry on. Bless her heart. She stumbles her way through the talk and we awkwardly end the conference with a slow clap as they wheel the inmate out on a stretcher. In the restaurant, she cried and said, I am never going to do that again. I did what any great leader does in that moment. I had to tell her the truth. The truth is that we cannot control our surroundings or our situation, but we can honor the call and commission to lead. We can doubt, but we cannot cower. We can question, but we cannot quit. We can be afraid, but we cannot abdicate. We can be nervous, but we cannot hide. Your inner critic will tell you that you are unqualified. Your inner saboteur will tell you the timing is inconvenient. Your inner voice will cause you to fear out of crisis. But let me echo the words over you that were spoken over Gideon by the Lord in Judges 6.14. Go in the strength that you have. Am I not sending you? I love that phrase. Go in the strength that you have. We don't have time to get into it, but in Judges chapter 7, not only does God show up, God shows off and Gideon has a massive victory. The man who was reluctant, the man who was hesitant, the man that needed sign after sign after sign, guess what? The Lord showed up and showed off because he stepped into and he chose to lead. I don't know what you told yourself about your situation at work, your situation with your family, your situation at church, your situation with your faith. I don't know any of that stuff. But the question I'm asking is, what if we lead like our lives will be impacted by our yes, and not only our lives, but the lives of the next generation? It will change your perspective in your office, in your Zoom meetings, in your clinic, in your business, in your boardroom, in your marriages, in your singleness, in your church, in your planning. Lives are being impacted by your yes. What does that mean? Cures can be found. Businesses can be built. Funds can be grown. Marriages can be restored. Lives can be changed. Hope can be found. And it's all in your yes. I don't think that the opposite of unqualified is qualified. The opposite of unqualified is chosen. So what do you do when leadership chooses you? You choose to lead. And friend, you might be listening to this podcast and think, well, I'm not a leader. I'm not religious. I'm not this. Let me tell you that you are if you step into it, if you give your yes. And God will honor that. I firmly believe that. Again, I wanted to add this bonus episode because the content that I created for GLS and the PDF is yours for free. 
you are my online friend and I'm so grateful for you. Thanks for listening to the podcast and I hope that you have some tangible, actionable items that you can walk away with to apply to your life. Again, if you want that free PDF resource, you can go to BiancaOldhoff.com backslash leadership. And hey, if you start doing it, tag me at at Bianca Oltoff so we can share those images with all of our podcast listeners and social media family. I appreciate you guys and I cannot wait for more in season four.